Polly's, Polly's pixels and Polly's vertices and edges, death stranding and metal gear, Kojima and environment art. Let's discuss, compare the levels, yeah. I Hey guys, how's it going? We're going to do a little something different today. Ryan and I are slated to record something later tonight, but I wanted to take time today to talk about Death Stranding and the Metal Gear series as worked on by Hideo Kojima. Shadow Moses and Metal Gear Solid were absolutely pivotal inspirations to me for my career in the video game industry. But I don't think at the time that I played it, I was only 11 years old in 1998, that I knew it was going to be a pivotal, foundational inspiration to me to become an environment artist. But it absolutely did. Snow levels, wintry levels, they're my favorite. I tend to gravitate towards them. I don't know if that was because back in 98, two years before, we had an incredible blizzard, and I merged both of these amazing experiences of my life, the game and being out in the snow as a kid, but it had me gravitate towards this idea of character versus environment. And it's something that we really see in his games generally, no matter if you're talking about Metal Gear Solid or the later Metal Gear series. I know there's a little bit of difference when you get up to Metal Gear 4. I think that's just the reality of when you are trying to finish off a series or bring a story to a close. You have to take certain liberties with your storytelling style. But when we see Death Strand today. It has this really interesting feeling and mood that I can't but help compare to Metal Gear Solid. We watch Norman Reedus's character in the new release date trailer exploring this fantastic, lonely, but also very beautiful world. Um, very similar, at least in my eyes, to the snowy Alaskan landscape that we see in Metal Gear Solid. So I wanted to take some time today just to talk about why these environments are amazing to me, and even more so what I can pick up on to help me with my artwork, not only in game development, but also to drawing and painting. I hope to go into a very deep dive of Metal Gear Solid for a part two for this, mainly just because it's hard to really get into the nuances of a game you can play for multiple hours and there's different types of levels. I'm going to be speaking to more of the holistic feel of that game and the environments of that game, considering that they all take place in the same couple miles of Alaskan landscape, and compare them to what we have seen in Death Stranding. The one thing that I saw in the Death Stranding trailers that immediately took me to a place of just absolute wonder and joy was the attention to detail in creating a believable but foreign natural space that begs to be explored. This is something that I really haven't felt from a Kojima game in a while. I don't know if it was just Metal Gear 5 being more of this very harsh landscape, desert landscape that seemed a little bit more realistic, right? Well, it seemed to be much more commenting on historic war and actual real life events. Something that was interesting to me from Metal Gear Solid was basically the fact that we do have military bases all around America, but it just seemed very fantastical and it was really wild to explore. And that's something that I'm seeing a lot in the Death Stranding trailer. 
the landscape looks very similar to, you know, some of these environments and photo scans that we're seeing from the latest Quixel announcement that they did back in March. And with all this photogrammetry and photo scanning and physically based materials, I have to say that I'm extremely impressed seeing how these Death Stranding trailers hold up to all this new technical innovation that we're seeing in the game industry. Something that I really like when looking at this trailer is the really nice balance between very strong, harsh, but yet beautiful environments mixed with this very almost plausible but high future technology that we see. Norman Reedus' character has everything from a baby attached to his suit to this weird backpack with a tracking light. We see enemies with large batons and driving what seems to be lunar rovers or futuristic lunar rovers. But the environment is kept relatively simple. And I think this is something that Kojima... And and team have leveraged in the past when we get back to Metal Gear Solid. Something as simple as an Alaskan snowy landscape. Not that it's simple to create this, but the idea that we have some snow and trees, some mountains in the distance, mixed with a very real but also high-tech at the time nuclear walking tank and a top-secret military base just allows everything to kind of sit. So you have this super secret, super skilled stealth assassin or soldier moving through something almost incredibly naturalistic. And we see that also in the Death Stranding trailer. I find the colors and the lighting extremely calming, even though we're being told in these trailers that some sort of calamity happened and life as we know it and society as we know it has all but collapsed. It's just really wild to me on how there's a contrast of the story being told, but also this beautiful landscape to look at. I was watching a Digital Foundry video, and they were talking about the budget of the trailers, specifically the release trailer that came out, and how there's not a lot of trees or flora. However, it looks like that budget was spent on moss around the rocks, grass cards on the ground. I thought that was pretty ingenious, that they picked this environment and took out one of the harder graphical elements to work with. If some of you aren't familiar with the complexities of getting trees to shade right, depending on certain lighting scenarios, and also, too, the amount of time it takes to create them, and mixed with all the gameplay elements that have to occur around such a large structure like that, you know, it having to be destructible, visibility hiding, you don't want it to block your characters or your gameplay. I found it really, really interesting that most of the environment that we're seeing is building structures that seem to be ripped up, torn up, destroyed, and mostly low silhouette plains and fields, rocky outcrops, and mountains. Now, in an interview that Kojima had done, I can't remember what magazine, I'll have to get it and write it in the show notes. He talked about the idea of the gameplay or the terrain deformation. The idea that if you were caught by these creatures or these death stranding that theoretically, like in one of the earlier trailers, a bomb will go off and create a crater. I'll be interested to see if that happens. There is definitely some details in these trailers and the way that they decided to go with the environments being generally more simplistic in the sense of silhouette. I know that sometimes in early interviews, there's some ideas that you'll kick around in game development that might not work due to technological restrictions mixed with also design. You know, the game has to be fun first and foremost. It can't just be spectacle all the time. So it'll be interesting to see if that environment also was made in this simplistic nature to accompany some sort of terrain deformation or explosions. I find it very interesting as well. We have a lot of games and platform games over the years that make use of the environment and traversing it, but this game in general tends to be designed design-centric in exploring and traveling the environment. I've been telling a lot of friends that I think this game might be something as simple as some sort of mission or journey across this beautiful, harsh landscape where you're delivering 
returning packages and parcels, almost like a dystopian mailman. My interest is incredibly peaked because what we're seeing is so heavily reliant on the gameplay interacting with the environment. And I love this stuff. It's some of the best stuff to work on, in my opinion, in development because it gets environment artists, animators, the character artists, and everyone working together, designers, level designers. And the environment isn't just a backdrop to predetermined design. I really feel like that type of collaboration is really what's going to push us into the next generation. You know, we're going to have amazing, beautiful art from photo scans, from the increasing amount of tutorials, mentorships on the internet. So we'll have to find more ways to create very, very unique gaming experiences. And I find that that is with moving and challenging the communication and conversation between subdisciplines and creating some really ingenious collaborations within the game. I find the colors and lighting of the environments that we've seen so far just unbelievably naturalistic, calming. As I said before, the moss on the rocks, that softness that you get, it honestly feels just high definition due to no other trees or flora being in these spaces that we've seen and that budget being spent to create that softness over those really sharp, harsh rocks. It's just something that I keep gravitating towards. And I love that almost has an Icelandic feel or the Scandinavian forlorn island. Just absolutely, absolutely love it. And I can't help but draw ties to the movie Arrival. Now, if you guys haven't seen this movie, it's awesome. It deals with the idea of aliens or some sort of extraterrestrial visit. It has a uh, very real feel to it, mixed with some interesting thriller, futuristic sci-fi qualities, obviously. But the colors used in that movie, they relied very heavily on green, these large green pastures, and used these dark, desaturated grays, the gray of the spaceship, and these pops of orange, this kind of complementary back and forth to create this tension, but also too just almost feels like a painting. It's one of my favorite things to go to the museum and, and look at all different types of landscape paintings. My wife and I go, we try to go a lot, but I mean, honestly, we only go every couple months or so. But I love to play this game of following the colors for the painting. Now, I know that there's a lot of theory and exploration into whether or not this type of color leading is effective within games and, and paintings, and it works for everyone, but it certainly works for me. And I feel that strategy being used not only in the movie Arrival, but in Death Stranding. There's this really simplistic attention to the color palette that obviously is connected to the design, and it works so well within the environments. You have this large, rocky, warm green, Gray, small flowers in the field, green, and then a blue-gray atmospheric fog separating the foreground and the background. And then when you do see enemies or you do see other characters in the environment, including the main character himself or what we expect to be the main character, Norman Reedus's character, wearing pops of yellow, pops of warm colors, and these little lights that are bouncing off of them just really allows both the character and the environment to stand out. Now, I really feel like this type of art direction follows Kojima through all of his projects. And I understand the fact that for a majority of his career so far, he's worked on the Metal Gear series. There's a very good opportunity within each installment of that game especially with the stories changing, that there could have been a dynamic switch of how the characters and the environments work together. But he always tends to, for the most part, stick with this idea of very interesting naturalistic environment with a human presence that's very defined, right? An army base, small camps, and the idea of Death Stranding, you have these land rovers that we've seen, the idea of broken buildings, of bringing that together and keeping that motif alive. It's interesting to see that Metal Gear Solid has a very strong connection to this Death Stranding color palette. We go back and we see that 
The main character, Snake, is in this blue and gray. There are these blues in the environment. He's meant to get into this facility or enter this facility unseen. So the theming of him blending with his environment to a degree helps with the storytelling of the game. But you get this very strongly defined, almost purpley blue and this fluorescent sickly green that really carry through for a majority of the game. I really hope to see that same idea employed in Death Stranding. You know, you have an installment of a game and you can have different levels where the color or the hue shifts, but there's just something really interesting of a simplicity to your environment and then working with different layers on top of it. And I, I find that really interesting. There's also something in the environments of Metal Gear Solid that I hope to see in Death Stranding. And it's this idea of small to large. You know, we're in a contained Alaskan facility in Metal Gear Solid. And it expands into this entire universe. You're in this small base, remote, in the middle of Alaska. And we're told about everything from different flora and fauna that live there. To set up the foundation of the environment. To all the technological advancements that we find in the base, items that you use, items that you find within the levels themselves, and we'll come back to that in the deep dive, to relationships and stories that expand past this small place. It's really interesting because you're never really shown a majority of what they're talking about in the sense of the world theater, nuclear disarmament, non-proliferation. You just stay in this backdrop. It reminds me a lot of almost simplistic theater where you go and you, you watch a play and there's not enough budget to change the scene around. So what what the production company does is they change the lighting maybe or add one or two small backdrops that the actors and actresses can wheel onto the stage just to create another layer of believability or detail to act out the next scene. This is something that I really hope to see in Death Stranding, mainly because it'll really work through that idea of this dystopian, time-bending, psychological horror, sci-fi landscape that they've created. I know there's been some talk and in interviews with the team and Kojima about being able to explore a vast majority of this space. But I really hope what we do get to explore is something really interesting, bespoke, and highly detailed. Now, it's hard to ask for all of this stuff to exist within the environment, but I really do believe if the environment is a foundational, beautiful asset to this game, that a lot of these ideas can be layered on top with some ease. I want to leave y'all hanging with just talking about off-the-cuff feelings about the environments of this game. I went and took a screenshot of the release date trailer. It was hard to get a, a decent crisp screenshot just because of the motion blur and playing this over YouTube. I'll have to try to get a better shot later, but just for the sake of a quick look at this, I grabbed it from uh, 2 minutes and 53 seconds in, and it's when the main character is hiding in the long, tall grass, and there is some sort of outside threat or bad guys, enemies searching for him. And it's pretty interesting because within this screenshot, and I'll upload it into the show notes, we see what we were talking about early on. This fantastic field. The tall grass isn't that much higher than the character. He's actually kneeling down in it. We got the rocky outcrops. We have the large mountains in the distance. That blue-gray atmosphere making everything fall back it's really kind of a lovely screenshot to look at majority of the times that i grab screenshots of this trailer all of them had something really interesting now the reason why i picked this environment is because this is the main environment we keep seeing there were some other shots of this kind of hellscape battle hellscape we'll get into that later and dystopian ruined buildings a lot of those shots seem to be muted browns and grays coming from this palette that we see in the main areas so i took some samples of the grass the tall stalks and the flowers in the field the blue gray of the atmosphere in the back and the sky and these yellows and oranges that we're seeing in the enemies and on characters 
Avenger's backpack. It's pretty interesting. This kind of orange we see on the enemies and the muted version of that on the backpack of the main character seem to be very close and complementary to this atmosphere color in the sky that we're seeing, which is really cool. And also with the rocks on the ground, at least for this shot. So just everything seems to be working in harmony. And, you know, I, I understand the fact that sometimes these things are measured or just, you know, some people can eye these things really easily and play them off but it's cool to see that we're getting this kind of play. We see that most of the orange and yellow spectrum that we're seeing in this screenshot all work within this analogous range as well. Maybe the saturation being adjusted, but it's just really wild. This is the exact same type of color palette that was present in the extraterrestrial spaceship visitor scenes of Arrival. And I just really, really love it. You get this just outstretch of this green. And then you get these little pops of orange with all different types of saturation that, frankly, I, I believe lead your eye through the scene and, and lead your eye through the game. I mean, it seems to be the desire as we look at the scenes from the trailer. The enemies are popping off the background. They're very easy to spot. And they're complementary or close to complementary with the sky and the atmosphere. And everything else we see in this scene tends to be muted or desaturated warm gray. The antennas, the buildings, the rocks, and the main character's suit is a cool blue that contrasts nicely. And frankly, I just love how all of this looks. Now, I wanted to take a quick minute just to address the other environment or different environment that we see in the trailer. This idea of this alternate reality, it seems like very war-torn, very conventional war motifs, sandbags... And the environment feels very much like it's borrowing or referencing from World War One, especially with what appears to be a Mark IV tank rolling about. It's very impressive. And we see the main character almost running and gunning, very conventional action gameplay that absolutely contrasts what we see in the majority of the trailer. Now, I took some shots here. I took one from uh, 4 minutes and 50 seconds in and, and 5 minutes and 10 seconds in. Both of them very similar. The atmosphere has completely changed. That beautiful blue that we were seeing has changed to a desaturated, sickly green. There seems to be a lot more gray in the scene, a lot more desaturation. And all the props, the assets seem to be much more man-made. It really reminds me of warfare games that we were getting five, seven, eight years ago. And I'm interested if that's going to be referenced in the story. You're in a trench near foxholes, barbed wires everywhere, tank traps, stakes in the ground. There's a lot of attention to infusing this scene with right angles and harsh angles. You see the trees in this scene, these big trees in the distance, um, war-torn, no branches, no leaves, there's some little ones with prickly little branches almost remind me of Charlie Brown Christmas trees. And I'm wondering if, you know, the card budget or the alpha budget is being spent somewhere else just like the other scenes. Maybe in the barbed wire. Or maybe the barbed wire is modeled out. We won't know until we see more. But this is absolutely an impressive, impressive space. And it feels really interesting with this futuristic man walking this traditional warfare scene.
in absolute contrast to the main portion of the game that we've seen so far, like I said, our main character is still wearing the colors that he had in the main area of the game or the, the main area of the trailer. They, they seem to be working just as well here. It feels a little disjointed. That might also be just, you know, he has futuristic tech on and this is all very conventional wood and canvas. And One of the things I found interesting here was that the oranges that we saw in the other scenes have shifted more in a red range or a red hue. And you see this in the fires and the embers that are floating around. And it really makes the scene feel very lively, especially because it is so gray. And these pops really help. Yeah, I'm entirely interested to see where this goes. The geometry in this looks fantastic. Every little plank of wood on the ground in these trenches seems to be modeled out. There's an angle to them. The contour, the spacing between the planks has been played with. Beautiful, large, small, and medium detail. The sandbags tend to just homogenize, blend together to create these really interesting silhouettes and force the horizon line a little higher than the, the height of the character being in this trench. It feels claustrophobic in a way. And I would really like to see how this plays out with this large open world, this breathy environment, um, and how much you kind of have a back and forth. Is this something that happens to really quickly jump into kind of game design theory here with the trailers? Is this something that happens every time that you fail your mission or die or get caught by these these entities that are floating around? Or um, is this something that strictly is in certain parts of the story? Wherever it occurs in the game and however it occurs in the game, it absolutely brings a very interesting contrast to the other level or space that we've seen. Now, I don't want to take up too much of your time, so I want to end with some of my favorite memories of the levels of Metal Gear Solid. The interior versus exterior spaces in that game were absolutely wild. Two that really stick in my memory are the Sniper Wolf boss battle, where you're outside in between the sections of the compound or the military base, and you're laying on the snow, you're trying to not be seen, and it just has this calming effect with the, the, the snow drifts and the trees. And you're in this intense fight versus something like the Vulcan Raven fight. You're in this big freezer or warehouse, shipping containers everywhere. And he's stalking, tracking you through this space with this gigantic Vulcan minigun. It's incredible. You have these calming spaces, these exterior spaces. I almost felt like I would take a breath when I walk through them, you know? And then you get really tense in these other almost thriller-like spaces. Some other memories that I thought were really wild were having to run back and activate the Metal Gear key through the environments. You went back and saw all of the spaces that you've been. You've figured out how to move around these spaces, how to navigate and traverse these spaces so it felt familiar, almost like a retrospective, mini-retrospective through the game. I really, really enjoyed just the gesture and the feel of the colors of Metal Gear Solid, mainly just because it felt real. Even looking back at it now, it still feels snowy. Now, I understand the fact that I might have bias or nostalgia to it, but as best as I can looking at it objectively, their use of color and muting these blues and these greens to create this wintry palette in what would absolutely be a monochromatic environment you know, these bunkers, these, these concrete mixed with the snow. It's gray and white and white and gray. But 
still working in these blues and these greens and then the attention to the lighting, the sickly green fluorescent lights, and then all the different layers that they brought in to the boss arenas, what we'll get into in the deep dive, really just made it feel lively. It could have very easily been a space that was dull and monochromatic and the, the saturation could have been non-existent, but just it felt absolutely great. It felt fantastical and at the same time, it felt real. There was an urgency that was carried through in the environment. You were in a very harsh landscape and you were trying to complete this impossible mission. And I see that carried through in a Death Stranding. This single character in a vast environment, huge mountains, harsh landscape, nowhere to hide, at least from what we see, nowhere substantial to hide. It's still a very calming horizon, still a very calming periphery. The grass is beautiful. You know, it looks like a tourist destination that they picked to then add this really interesting sci-fi element, sci-fi story into. As for my hopes for Death Stranding, I think I've been pretty clear. I just would love to see more of the same. And I would really like to see the game, if it is this huge open world game, have a sense of landmarking, whether it be through color or through structure, meshes, ideas that are present in the environment. Who knows, it might possibly be this large mountain range that we see in the background. But that is one thing that I would like to see that it's hard to see in the trailer of a sense of direction. And I believe that's probably intentional. They don't want to show too much. But I think that's the one thing that would really, really make it for me. Looking back to Metal Gear Solid, it, they had this almost linear progression of you start in the basement, you move up the elevator, and then you, you proceed through almost this linear space, but you're zigzagging and finding ways in um, into the heart of the facility. And that's something that I think would be really nice to carry into even a game that might be open world. And it seems from the trailer that there is some sort of delivery mission or some objective to connect a beginning to the end or connecting two civilizations or two ideas. So it should be interesting to see what happens. One last thing that I want to touch on is just something that I think about a lot. This idea of working or having the opportunity to work on something so artistic and different, I think is absolutely amazing. Now, I understand the fact that, you know, these environments look like real world spaces. Some of the sci-fi elements of the characters and what we see with the antennas, it might be already explored in things like Star Wars and Alien and all different types of sci-fi movies. And we reference that the color palette is similar to what was used in the movie Arrival. But honestly, that's okay. I'm sure similar color palettes have been used in different media and video games. There's only so many colors on the spectrum to use. When watching this trailer, it feels new. It feels mysterious. I've seen a lot of comments on the idea that it's confusing and people don't know what's going on with the game. There's something really great about that. I like to stay optimistic that this mystery is going to be explored to its fullest while playing a game like this. It's very obvious that the foundation is laid to something that is just vastly different. And I love what we're seeing in the environments and the levels of games today. And this is not a small game. This is not really an indie game. To see Kojima and Yoji and the some of the team, Metal Gear team, work on a game like this and have this core creative element follow them that made games 
that I found extremely inspirational as a kid carry through and inspire me almost to the exact same range or intensity is something not to ignore. What a fantastic, fantastic industry to work in where technology and creativity mesh together to create incredibly new experiences. What's being used here, the environment, the colors, the real world reference, I assume physically based materials and photogrammetry, theoretically, the lighting, and the idea of scanning in real actors, and I know this has been done before, it still just feels awesome. And there's these little elements to all the creative people involved in this game that just feel genuine. And it's incredibly energizing to know that we're working in an industry that a majority of the developers are interested in creating and sustaining this incredible creative pace. I'm extremely interested to see how this game turns out. I'm extremely interested to see how this inspires others to make new experiences and hopefully opens big gates to having more AAA experiences, more bigger games that take a risk. I just feel like that is what is on our horizon. One last thing that I want to touch on is just the idea of being inspired of what you're working on. It doesn't matter what studio or what team you're working on. I think it's apparent in looking at this Death Stranding trailer that you can find small things, even simplistic assets and ideas within whatever game you're working on to really give it your all. There's a lot of little assets here from the grass to the flowers to the rocks, all the stuff that with the characters, but mainly just the environments. Everything seems to be executed in such a way and with a polish that is just incredible and inspirational. And this isn't the only game that does that. I'm not saying that this is an outlier, but it'll be interesting to see how the rest of the game turns out. And I share the excitement of exploring this world with seeing what's next in our world. Thank you all. I'll see you later. Yes, sir. The audio was wiped out. Yes, sir. There are two episodes that still exist. The Vector. Yes. Podcast DLC should be activated soon. No, sir. My cover is still intact. Yes, sir. The co-host did know my identity. He's been disposed of. Yes, sir, I agree completely. They have no idea that this is a Twin Peaks Earthbound fan podcast. No, and no one even suspected there was a third Benotus. Yes, sir. Goodbye, Mr. President.